Welcome to the X's and T podcast, where we talk about X's and T with your hosts, Corey and Danny. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a week. <laughs> Hope everybody had a nice... For them, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Hope everybody had a nice Independence Day and everybody was safe and we don't have any emergency room visits for any of our listeners. <laughs> Nobody losing any fingers. Yeah. Hopefully you got up their houses. Have all your digits near uh, <laughs> your, your home. <laughs> so last time we talked with you guys, we had went through kind of my part one. And where we left off was that Kyle went to prison. and um, Where he belongs. Yeah. Yeah. Forever. One For, day. One day. Hopefully it'll be forever. The sad part is, though, if he does go to prison forever, it's it's because he did something and right it was really he did something bad more way more and i think somebody would would lose their life at that point yeah unfortunately we've um, talked about this before yeah yeah definitely unfortunately so where we left off was was kyle went to prison mm-hmm. it's july of 2015 at this point it was a lot you know one of the biggest things that kind of i guess kept me in this relationship was that i had the lesser of two evils right it was right. either i stay with kyle or I go back to live with my mom. Right. Because at this point, I still don't really view living with my dad as an option. Mm-hmm. And my mother was a huge narcissist. She was very abusive. And I've really just throughout my life made all the wrong decisions just to get out of her house. Right. Always trying to run away from that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, always ending back there because the decisions I was making was not good. Right. Um, one of the things that I was always taught was the the only way you're going to get out of here is if you get a boyfriend or a husband. I mean, that's why I got married Right. when I was 18 years old because, you know, I was, I dropped out of high school and I just couldn't live with my mom anymore. I could not do it. It was so traumatic. It was very difficult. And at that time, the only thing that I knew that I could do to get out was to get married. Right. Because I hadn't even seen joining the military as an option because she just never had a vision for my future. Mm -hmm. I was not forced to go to high school. I was not forced to go to school at all. She just didn't care what you did. No, she didn't. I mean, there was no need for me to sneak out because she just didn't care. And she knew all of this stuff and enabled a lot of it. So it was everything in my power I was doing to try to get away from her. And um, unfortunately, I did have to end up going back because literally the next day after he was sentenced, he would be transported to the intake prison, which is also a a women's prison Mm. as well. Um, So that's where they do the men intake. And then he would be transferred from there out to whatever prison um, in Oregon he would go to. And the very next day I packed up my car and I left Kyle's parents where I had been staying for the last month. And I had to go back to my mom's. And it was It was sad because at that point, I was still very close with Kyle's parents Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to go home. Yeah. But they want to go back to that situation. Yeah. It's the lesser of two evils, I guess. Exactly. So it was really hard being back home. I had actually ended up going out with some friends the literally the night after I got home Mm because it was my old friend's 21st birthday and it was hard. It was very hard to kind of transition back into regular life because I mean, life wasn't normal for me anymore. My significant other had been ripped away from me. It was not this, like, I was already. Yeah. Speak. It was in a breakup. He was very much ripped away from me. And that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. And trying to go back to regular life just felt weird. Yeah, I bet. So I went out with these friends. That was a weird, (laughs) weird night. But after that, you know, it was just trying to find a job. 
And actually within two weeks of being home, I did find a job. It was my first office job. And I started working, you know, kind of an eight to five Monday through Friday type of job. And it was great. I loved the schedule. And that's, I think, when I knew that's the industry for me. Right. So it was it was just normal, I guess. But the, the downfall is, is that my mom and I fought a lot. It was like going back to the same shit when I was a kid. Right. So only now you're an adult. Yeah, I'm an adult. You have a child of your own. Yeah, yeah. And my kid was going to daycare at the time, and we would just be home on weekends. And, I mean, it was it's hard to say what we started arguing about, but there's one time in particular when I had just gotten home. I want to say I had just started working. I was home for maybe about a month at this point and working for maybe about two weeks. And my mom, when she gets angry, she says the worst possible things that you could say to a person. And this one time in particular it was still summertime it was it was like the end of summer like august Mm -hmm. end of august basically through our arguments she had told me that i deserved what i got from kyle what the fuck yeah yep yep so i kind of went off the deep end like way off the deep end i grabbed my keys and i left I left my son behind I know that was not the right decision to make at the time but I was I don't know it was not okay so I had every intention of unaliving myself that day I was not going to come home I felt like my kid was going to be better off because if anything happened to me my kid would just go to my dad right you know whether I liked it or not I wasn't very close with my dad at this point but he was always there for my kid and myself uh so I always just better than being with your mom yeah Yeah, so I know my dad would have fought for him. If anything ever happened to me, my dad is the one who's going to get my children. Um, But at that time, I know that my dad would have fought for my kid. He would not have gone back to his biological father. We hadn't seen his biological father at that point in like three years. Yeah, he wouldn't know Um, what to do. Exactly. So I'm driving, right? I have this plan and I go up to Mount Hood. Mount Hood was just a comfortable place for me. And I had, I'm not going to go into too much detail because, you know, that's a lot but um, I'm just hysterical and I'm planning like okay I know everything's gonna be okay and I'm just kind of coping with the fact that these could be my last moments and um, something told me to turn on the radio I had six CDs in my CD player that just kind of rotated Mm because my car at the time had a six CD player uh, rotation right and um, fancy yeah (laughs) well it was a it was a 2002 honda crv (laughs) that i was driving so maybe fancy for the time right but it was definitely not new because this is 2015 right but i remember this moment when i turned on the radio and i like tear up every time i think about it but the song sinners like me by eric church was playing and i don't know what it is about that song but something about it like I don't know. It kind of makes you feel like it's your comfort song. It is. It is. It's like it's like you're getting wrapped up in a hug and you're being told like you're not alone. You're going to be okay. Right. That song like I lost it. I lost it because I realized that there's nobody here that can care for my children like I do. And I have to something has to change. So I still ended up driving up to this spot that not very many people know about, at least that I know of. And I actually just fell asleep. So I slept up there. And when I woke up, I felt this weird sense of peace. And I drove home. And of course, I had to make amends with my mother. Right. Um, She ended up being like she was okay with the fact that I left. She knew it was kind of better for both of us for me to leave. But it probably would have been a lot worse if you hadn't left. Exactly. Exactly. So I went home and, and we just tried to make the best of the situation. It didn't by any means get better with her, though. Right. 
it just I knew from that moment on that I needed to be here for for my child so I continued working and Kyle and I at this point are we're talking on the phone his mom would put money on his phone and he would call me and we would write letters back and forth but you know I was still in this weird place of like I don't want to I don't think I want to be with you anymore Mm -hmm. you know you're in prison you're going to be in prison for the next three years am I supposed to put my life on hold right that's not fair to you no so probably around September is when I broke up with him Mm -hmm. I was like I can't do this anymore this is too much Um, and he would still call me after that but ultimately he would he would probably I think stop calling me because he called on holidays but I started dating someone I want to say in December of 2015 Mm -hmm. at least I think that's when it was I feel bad his name was Luke we'll call him Luke (laughs) Um, (laughs) and Luke if you're listening to this I'm so sorry (laughs) this relationship dude was so bad and it was bad because this guy was not he was not meant to be with a single mom right because my life and where I'm at in my life especially at this point is I am traumatized I still, at this point, none of my family believes me about my mom except mm-hmm. for my dad. And everybody in my family hated my dad because... But your dad was went through it too, so yeah. he understood. Oh, exactly. So, like, no, I, I still don't even have an understanding of what my mom's going through at this point yet. And I'm still trying to feel heard. Um, I haven't gone to therapy at this point because of Kyle either because I never wanted to be portrayed as a victim. Right. Because I never felt like it. and I, right. And I just kind of denied it. I was like, no, no, I'm not a victim. There are victims out there, but it's not me. Mm-hmm. I felt like that for a long time, too. Yeah. Like, so, I could have had it worse, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I always felt that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously, looking back, I know I had it pretty fucked up. Right. Like, that was a fucked up situation that both of us went through. Right. Mine and was always like, he didn't hit me. So it's, it's not bad. Yeah. It's not abuse. He didn't hit me. Right. Right. I hope you see now that yeah. <laughs> it definitely was. I have different views now. Yeah. For sure. But when you're going through it, it's so challenging. So I'm trying to be in this relationship with this person that I knew from elementary school. Um, We reconnected and uh, we actually ended up going shooting. Surprisingly enough, that was kind of our first like, I guess, date. But it was just us hanging out as friends. Um, and then very, very quickly, it uh, escalated from there. And I was hanging out a lot with my friends that one who would end up becoming my roommate later on. And then this guy that I had been friends with since eighth grade. I mean, this guy was truly my best friend. And I have so much regret with how traumatized I was and like how I treated him. Right. He and I still talk. We're not nearly as close as we were. But if you're listening, you know who you are. And I am so sorry. Like, I don't think there's ever an apology in the world that will be big enough for how I treated these people at this time because right. I was really fucked up. And You're so I'm, going through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So December hits. I begin this relationship and I'm not by any means ready for it. No. But I entered. Trying to fill a void, so to speak. It was to fill a void. Yeah. It was to fill a void. And and I guess I wanted to prove to myself that I could be with somebody other than Kyle. Right. But it was all wrong. All wrong timing. And we continued. You had to to take time to heal. Yeah. And And I didn't do that. So it was really hard, you know, to try to maintain this relationship and a job. And then, you know, my really just narcissistic verbally abusive mother Mm -hmm. um so my life at this time was kind of in shambles but I was trying to get by Mm -hmm. so by May of 2016 um I re I kind of ran into this old friend of mine from middle school and uh he basically got me involved in a cult (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it was a multi-level marketing type cult. It was, and it was a lot. And it consumed my life for that the, the three years that, you know, Kyle would be in prison. Because I was lost. I was confused. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew that I did not at all want to be in the job that I had because it was such a toxic environment. I'm telling you, we should do a whole episode based on the jobs that I've had. Literally. Because this one was the the CEO was dating my boss. Oh, yeah. And I worked with my boss's daughter at this point. That's awkward. And it was, oh my gosh. What a shit show. It was a shit show. Oh my word, was it a shit show. And um, so I just knew that I didn't want to do that, but I was too scared to go to college because I've always been scared to go to school because I'm bad at math. And I feel like math is the one thing that would tear me down. So I didn't want to go to school, but I knew I wanted to do something. Math is hard, man. It is. That was my worst grade when I went. I got a C. Me too. Well, I actually, I mean, that's a class I intentionally didn't go to. And that would catapult me into dropping out of high school. This was like when I went to college for my veterinary assistant stuff. Yeah. Because I had to do math there too. And surprisingly, that was my worst grade was a C. And I was like, wow, we're doing something (laughs) right at least, I guess. how much math are you using with the animals, by the way? Um, Well, quite a bit because you do dosages and stuff for medication. I was really hoping you'd say none. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to disappoint. Damn. So you have to calculate um, medication dosages dosages and stuff a lot so damn all right well math is necessary (laughs) but i didn't want to do it you got a calculator that's true that's true i have my phone they they told us in school you have to do this without a calculator because you'll never just have a calculator on you they lied shout out to you teachers from like the 90s and the early 2000s i have a calculator on me 24 7 24 7 they even have watches with calculators on them yes exactly so But suck on that. Right. But I didn't want to go to school. I knew I wanted to make a difference. And this cult just seemed like that opportunity because it was a multi-level marketing. Yeah. It seemed like a great idea at the time. It really did. I remember my dad telling me, like, don't do that. And my (laughs) stepmom being like, don't do that. Right. And um, I did end up getting sucked into it. Nobody listens to their parents. No. I sure as fuck did not. And I should have. I have so much regret for not listening to them. But I got sucked into this cult. And and it was really being in this cult that kind of, I guess, they they either make or break a relationship relationship I'll tell you that and that's one of the things that they told us when we first started because Mm. he my boyfriend Luke at the time and I were going to these like meetings these what they call quote business seminars Mm. I can say that I took away some really you know useful information as far as like how to interview well Mm. that I can say I'm grateful for Um, maybe some of the books that I've read too over the time but otherwise it was just a big waste of time and a huge waste of money and really traumatic actually i'm telling you we should do a whole episode based yeah, on that too <laughs> man i've heard some stories guys and i have so many i mean three years it's worth. wild yeah um, i i continued through this time was in this cult i was full-fledged in it at this point and my significant other and i were struggling because i had what i felt was a bigger vision for myself mm-hmm. and he was very much uh, i guess he just wanted to go a different route in life he was not by any means a bad guy mm-hmm. i mean he still to this day is probably one of the nicest people i obviously i haven't spoken to him in years right. so again if you're listening luke you know who you are dude I'm so sorry (laughs) because I was very I was so messed up and I was taking after my mom that I treated him so poorly, especially Mm. when we argued, because the only way that I knew how to argue was to jab with the meanest things that were possible for me to say because right. that's how I was taught that's how my mom argued right I mean it's the reason my parents are divorced <laughs> the knees. 
Yeah, exactly. So ultimately, we would be together for a year. We would try to make it work, and it did not work. So through this time, Kyle and I are not talking at all, mm-hmm. but I'm still seeing his parents. Ugh. I had visited uh, Frank and Stacy so many times. In fact, they took me hunting for my birthday one year. It was it was my birthday in actually 2016. Um, I would go up and go hunting. In fact, Luke and I, Luke would come up with me one time to go see Frank and Stacy, and we all went shooting. Lucky they didn't shoot you. They were okay with it. They just wanted to stay. They claimed they wanted to stay close to my son as they, you know, had he had seen them as grandparents. They don't know how to be grandparents. Oh, they sure as fuck do. They don't not. even know how to do be parents. No. And actually, it was during this time during that hunting trip. That's when they got a message from you. Mm. I was there with them during this time. And I remember... uh, I don't think I talked about that shit. Oh. (laughs) Oops. So after uh, you had been gone, right, Mm -hmm. you had sent this message. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah. So I still have the message. So I will totally post it on Instagram so everybody can read it. But I sent a message to Stacy actually, on October 20th, 2015. At 9.33 p.m. I'm yeah. looking it right at it. So yeah, it was that's like the, how I'm able to tell you. <laughs> it was the weekend after my, my birthday, my yeah. 22nd birthday that I had gone out there and we were in Lowell. Yeah. So I literally, I just sent her a message. It was like my last kind of, I guess. Like a last ditch effort. Yeah. Trying to see if I could reach out to somebody in his on his side of the family. Because for a long time, I always felt like it was something I did. Like it was my fault that they didn't want to be around and involved in my child's life. And I had a lot of guilt about it. Mostly just because I felt bad for my son. Like I felt like he deserved to have his other family be a part of his life. But yeah. I mean, obviously I know now like that's not anything that I want him around because they're not good people. No, not at all. I sent her a message. Stacy a message basically just kind of like introducing their grandson to them which is a weird thing to say but he was 16 months old at the time and they haven't seen him since he was at that point probably four or five weeks old um yeah so basically that's all it was and I sent him a picture and I remember um eventually she did read it and I never got a reply yeah that was it yeah she was really kind of taken aback by it I bet I think the reason she didn't respond or at least the reason she gave me was that she really believed Kyle's lies and that was not her grandson right in fact through this time Stacy was carrying a picture of some different dude dude I don't think I've talked about that you might okay. part either God, I, I forgot so much so there is another person that Corey is friends with I didn't know this person at all I never met him mm-hmm. but Stacy would carry a picture of Kyle's son and this other guy we'll call him Steven Steven yeah okay so she'd carry this picture of Kyle and Corey's son and a picture of Steven and tell people doesn't he look like this Steven guy instead there's no way that that's my grandson that was her justification for yeah. not responding to you this guy that she's literally never met in her whole entire life just she carries a picture of him around like who the yeah, fuck she found does him on Facebook. that <laughs> she found him on facebook i just recently found out about this and i literally was like oh my god yeah <laughs> it blew my mind yeah <laughs> So she would carry this picture around and she would basically just try to justify that that's not her grandson. Mm -hmm. That's somebody else's kid and that you were this horrible cheater and how dare you do all this stuff. And this is the, they portrayed this 
like portrayed you as this horrible person. Right. And I feel like they continued it because they didn't want to believe how bad their son really was. So through this time, I got really close with, with Stacy and Frank, especially Frank, because uh, Stacy would go to bed kind of early mm-hmm. and Frank was a raging alcoholic, like raging. raging, like 18 pack of Keystone Light a day. Or more. Or more. And um, we would stay up late just talking. And I know now, obviously, he was so drunk, like our conversations were useless and meaningless. Yeah, he didn't remember the next day for sure he did well i think he did i mean he was such a alcoholic for so many years that i think that didn't affect him after a while exactly so we would talk and i told him all the terrible things that his son had done to me he Mm -hmm. had i showed his him this red notebook that kyle had that he would write down uh his fantasies about hurting me in this notebook and frank acted as if he was so appalled by this and so much so that while i while i was with them they he never talked to kyle on the phone ever kyle would call he'd say hey Kyle I love you and that that would be it he wouldn't say anything else to him and Stacy said it was because Frank was so ashamed of what Kyle had done Mm-hmm. that he couldn't he couldn't talk to him wow so, yeah that's my understanding so it wasn't uncommon for me to be hanging out with them and go visit them for a weekend and because they a lot of they lived as if they were camping 24 7 right yeah they would live out in the woods they lived on a family's property for a while mm-hmm. um, they lived on actually that family's property while I went hunting with them that time and they would eventually move off the property and just go live in the woods for a while in their camp trailer and they would work in town mm. but outside of that it is I was there all the time so we fast forward right so at this point we're 2016 we're in October fast forward to like December um and me and this dude are falling apart right me and Luke were just not doing well and I've lost my best friend since I was in eighth grade this guy that you know he's a wonderful person Mm -hmm. I my parents love him my parents always like if which is so funny to admit this out loud, but my parents wanted me to marry him. My dad was convinced this guy was like perfect. And we always had these inside jokes with him and my dad. So it's funny because that's how my parents were with Steven. Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Remember my mom literally that's said that right. the other day. She did. She still says it to this day. I'm like, God, my dad mom. does too. My dad does too. So if you're a listening friend, I am so sorry. It's cringy, but uh, my parents love him and, and my dad still asks about him and stuff. But uh, so I've lost my friend. Luke and I are just drowning and I'm still involved in this cult. This cult is the only thing that's keeping me above water at this point as right. far as hope goes. Not financially. Yeah. Um, I found a new job and in 2017 is when things kind of really changed because at the end of 2016, my mom kicked my son and I out. We had this huge fight um, and I went off the deep end. Even though Luke was there, I always tried to like hide my frustration with my mom at the time, right. but I, I lost it. I went fucking crazy because my mom would gaslight me so bad into making me feel, and she has always done this, where I am the bad person. I was horrible. I no was, matter what. No yeah. matter what, dude. She would never take responsibility for any of the things that she had done in my life and she had she had her little friends who was so funny that she is not friends with any of these people anymore my mom would become friends with people she would tell them a version of what's happening right and they would convince her that I'm this terrible person I'm bad for her she needs to kick me out and so me and my son were kicked out like a few days before Christmas so and at this point I start living with my dad my mom and I went a whole year without talking wow yeah you know what living with my dad was honest to God one of the greatest things that I'd ever had 
what happened to me. Mm-hmm. My stepmom is. You had tr- stability. I did. For the first time in my life, I had seen what a calm home looks like. I like want to cry thinking about it. But my stepmom, she stepped up for me as a mom. Mm-hmm. She, you know, her and I, our relationship's kind of funny like that. Like sometimes we'll go without talking. But whenever I go over there, her and I can talk for hours. Right. And she really is like a mom, dude. She like she's like your mom. She gives advice when it's necessary. She tells you that like I'm, I'm over here crying. It's OK. Um, but it's a lot because I I don't know, living with my my stepmom and my dad, it was just it was really amazing. Right. I wouldn't end up being there for very long, actually. We spent Christmas over there. We were there for the new year. Actually, by March, an old friend of mine um, who I had gone hiking a lot with and mm-hmm. when I'd first come home, her and I, in early 2017 and in March, we moved in together. And we would actually live together for three years. And she is, to this day, aside from you, one of the best roommates situations I've ever had. We got along really well. She actually made my breakup with Luke really easy because she was always there for me. And right. we hang out and um, keep you busy yeah yeah so Luke and I did end up breaking up um, and it was not by any means a good breakup because he accused me of still being in love with Kyle oh fuck I denied it I said no nope I said me and you are just so different we can't be together anymore he would text me just long messages about how he was gonna go do all these things that made me mad and be with this girl that he knew I did not I was not a fan of and I was just with it when I was with him I was very jealous because I when I was with Kyle, he really taught me how to hate other women. Oh, yeah. I had no self-image at this point. Right. I had no positive Everybody loved him. Everybody wanted to be with Every him. Every single person. So. She was hitting on me. Yep. Every time. Yeah. And um, bullshit. Yeah. So being with this guy, I cannot say enough that he is a good guy. Luke is a very good person and I wish him the best. I think he has a girlfriend now that he's had steady for a few years. Just a wrong timing. It was horrible timing and we're just not compatible for each other at right. all. And I, I don't know what kind of trauma I caused him, but dude, I am so sorry. <laughs> I know that I was fucked up. I wholeheartedly blame myself for that. Yeah. So at this point in in 2017, um, I get this phone call and it's from Frank. Well, it was actually from Stacy first. Mm-hmm. Stacy had called me and said, hey, Frank wants to call you. Can can he do that? And I was like, yeah, sure. You don't even have to ask. Right. It's kind of a weird segue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Frank calls me and he is slurring his words. So he's already been drinking. Of course. But he tells me that he talked to Kyle. He had not until from my knowledge, he had not talked to Kyle. It was not uncommon for Frank to call me. Um, he would call me and talk about him and Stacy's relationship <laughs> sometimes. I don't I don't know why but super weird uh, yeah it was weird but I don't know like, at this point he really tried to treat me like a daughter I guess mm-hmm. or at least what I thought maybe right that's what it was but basically he would he would call me and, and he called me this particular night and told me that he had talked to Kyle and he believes that Kyle has changed that Kyle is the same old Kyle that we used to know and that uh when he comes he's home, never been good <laughs> well that's true but at this point I'm still I'm still very much like I want to talk to Kyle. Right. I have these loose ends that I need tied up. I need closure. Right. You never really broke up. I never got like, the closure. Yeah. Nope. He was ripped away from you. And then you just kind of felt like you had to break up with him, I guess, so to speak, because exactly he wasn't physically there. Exactly. 
So we're in this. <coughs> so I, I'm talking to, to Frank and because it's Frank and because I know how Frank felt, I for some reason believed him. I was right. like, OK, Frank says this is true. I guess, you know, maybe it's true. And he's like, you should write him. I know he still has feelings for you. So what does my dumbass do? I immediately, immediately, as soon as we got off the phone, I wrote Kyle a letter. And I'm still in the cult at this point. And in the cult, basically, they have what are called mentors. Oh, dear. And so I didn't tell them that I was going to be writing until I had already sent the letter. Right. And I was like, hey, I can't stop me now. Right. It was more <laughs> of like a ask for forgiveness, not permission kind of a thing. Right. But they were always on board with me talking to Kyle. Is that not fucking crazy? They were always like, well, this is such a good opportunity that we can change him. We can turn him into a good guy. No, That's how they spun God. it. But it's because it would financially benefit them if they had more people around. True. We'll get into this cult thing later on. I'm really excited to talk about it because <laughs> honestly, fuck them. Literally. But at this point, I'm still heavily involved. I think these people are my best friends. Right. And um, so I write Kyle. Kyle writes me back. We had to use his parents' address because I didn't want my parents knowing I had still lived with my parents at right. this point. Yeah. Um, so once I got this letter back, his his mom called me and was like, hey, you got a letter over here to his parents' address. And so I was actually going to be seeing them. So I drove out there hung out with them for a weekend and uh, they gave me this letter a letter that I did choose to wait to read well actually I ripped it open pretty much when I left right but I did wait until we were leaving and I remember parking um on the side of the road just ripping it open and like reading it right the emotions were all over the place because Kyle immediately started with his manipulation of course and trying to seem different I think he knew that he needed to say some say the right things in order for this to work it had to be convincing yeah but he would tell me that he changed and that I'm if, if I still see him as the same person then us talking is not even worth worth it so I was like oh well he must be telling the truth so I wrote him a letter back and I ended up getting my own place and we would write back and forth to my address and mm -hmm. then eventually he would call me we'd have our first phone conversation in a year or two maybe right and um we would just continue talking. We talked every weekend for that entire year. Wow. So for all of 2017, we're like reconnecting and mm -hmm. building this relationship again. And we eventually planned it to where I was going to be the one to pick him up from prison. Yeah. Right. Because he's about to get out at this point, right? He's pretty close. He's a year out. Okay. So for this whole year, um, I'm, I've pretty much rebuilt my life. I have this really good job that my dad was actually proud of me for having. And still to this day is like, I can't believe you left that place. <laughs> but I have this really good job um, I had become friends with this young girl who started working there she's still one of my really good friends and uh, shout out to you you know who you are <laughs> um, she is incredible I love her so much she was like a little sister to me mm -hmm. when I started working there but I'm working at this place I'm in my brand new apartment um, I'm living my best life honestly right it really just it was a lot I rekindled this relationship with Kyle one of the biggest things that I realize now was when I was talking to Kyle Kyle was a lot more comfortable talking about things that he would never talk about in the past mm. and these would later become huge red flags that I should have noticed immediately right but he started talking to me about some what subject topics that might make other people uncomfortable so if you're my parent or somebody else's parents maybe don't <laughs> listen to this part but it's really necessary for the story because right. Kyle would start talking about these fetishes that he had mm. things that I just brushed apart where I was like okay this is not it's not really appropriate. it's not it's not appropriate but it's not it's not that weird because right. 
I mean, come on, let's be real. Let's all be honest with ourselves here. There are fetish communities. These are Mm -hmm. people who are engaging in these fetishes that are all consensual. And it's maybe weird to the average person, but they're out there and we don't judge. We don't kink shame. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But you do you as long as you have consent. Yes. But Kyle would bring up weird things that, again, would be very concerning. Sorry to interrupt. Would would he bring this stuff up while you guys were talking on the phone or is it in letters? Both. Okay. Both. It was very, very like uh, casual that he would bring it up. It would be like kind of he would like hint at it and then it would become much more apparent. And then when he felt like I was okay with the conversation, he would just blatantly say it and basically he kind of alluded to the fact that he was really interested in younger looking girls I do not look my age I have never looked my age to be honest Um, even to this day I get told that I look like I'm very young both of us do right I think that was something that he was really interested in and he would make remarks about the fact that I look younger it just it got so weird I'm not going to go into such a creep yeah I'm not going to go into too many more details but that's a very important detail for later on we would continue this conversation until about 2000 March of 2018 when he was getting ready to come back from prison so through this time I don't really know much else what to add other than the fact that I was really just trying to get my life together. I had spent the first portion of Kyle's prison stay trying to get over him. And then I would end up spending the last portion of his prison time. I would spend it trying to rekindle everything that I had with Mm -hmm. him. So it was a lot. So that kind of concludes part two. Um, there's a, I know this to leave part, you on a little cliffhanger. Yeah, this this part's not it. It truly is exciting as the next part, but part three is kind of really where things get crazy, right? Because that's when Kyle gets out of prison. So. Yeah, we d- we didn't want to get too much into it on this one, just because it's kind of kind of an awkward time right now yeah. to like <laughs> stop and then start a new segment so we're just gonna wait for part three on the rest of it thank you so much for listening you guys we're so excited please share with your friends continue to listen and support us follow us where Corey? follow us on instagram we post and st- uh posts usually try to post like a picture or something that kind of follows up with whatever we're talking about with the episode so follow us on instagram and then we're available on apple Podcasts and spotify bye bye